Thank you for coming back to the Emergent Show podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Today, I get to speak with Chris Hill. Chris is a former marketing consultant who had worked with many top Fortune 500 brands, but then something changed, and Chris followed his heart into the kitchen. He opened up his own restaurant. He's authored more than one book. He's spoken on more than one TEDx stage, and he really, truly loves focusing on leadership, career fulfillment, and inspiring others to live their best lives. I think you're really going to enjoy what Chris has to say today. And if you do, please follow him, follow us, and subscribe. Thank you. Hey, Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you, buddy? Great, great, great. I, I'm sorry to hear you got a flat tire on your way back. That kind of, you know, ruins a day sometimes. Yeah, there's always a, a, a wrench to throw in there, right? Right, right. Yeah, and you know, I think in this day and age, especially with COVID and everything, those are the kind of things you hope for as opposed to other things, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll take a flat tire any day of the week, absolutely. Right, right. So I know your background's a little varied. You know, you were doing marketing for a while, and then you transitioned out to be a chef. Can you tell me what made that transition for you, why you did it? Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up uh, in Atlanta um, from a great family. You know, my, my dad, super successful businessman, and I kind of felt like the path for for our community was you know go to college, get a good job, and as a lawyer or a doctor or in, in consulting. So I said, you know what, let me give it a try. And then after a while, I just was not happy. Um, ended up moving up to Virginia to work with my cousin. He owns uh, some restaurants up here. Ended up opening up one together with him, uh, which is how I ended up kind of staying here. So yeah, here we are. Gotcha. And how was the day-to-day of that? Like, I mean, I know the day-to-day of restaurants. I've done it myself, but of course I work with people who do that. How was it different from the day-to-day from being, you know, doing what you were doing to jumping into restaurants? You you know, I I love it. And that's probably the the one thing I miss more than anything. Um, Not being in a kitchen or in the environment every single day now is is uh, you know, every day is different and every day is unique. Um, I love it. Uh, I love the um, the, uh, the camaraderie you build with your team, your, your staff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, when none of us are getting any, any younger, um, it takes a toll on your body, you know, being on yeah. your feet all day. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing. You know, I know a chef here in Cleveland pretty good, and he uh, – they're only open maybe 4 to midnight or 4 to 10, actually, I think it is. But, yeah, he gets in at 6 in the morning. And probably leaves around 11 after everything's clean and, you know, does it again the next day. So I would imagine it's rewarding for him, right? I mean, and that would be rewarding for you, too, because you kind of feel like there's something different at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when, when it's your own thing, obviously, you, I think by nature, you you have to kind of care more than anybody else. Um, it's kind of your baby. You know, it's your your menu, your, your, your environment you create. Um, at the same time, though, yeah, you know long hours, you know, weekends and holidays and a lot of those things that take a toll on the average person. Right. And so you invested in yourself and you're with your, with them to start that business. Why did you end up, uh, jumping into helping other people? You know, I, um, I, I always kind of felt like I could play on a bigger stage. Um, gotcha. for me, it was, you know, how can I, um, do what I love while also you know, helping people? Um, and so right now I kind of get to do like the best of both worlds, um, which has been really gratifying. Um, not to say I wouldn't get back into the restaurant game, but you know, for now, this is really, really great for me. Yeah. And so 
obviously you're helping other people. You have the chef brand challenge where you help chefs brand themselves. Why is that so important in this day and age? Yeah, so so you know, first first of all, you know, I come from a marketing background. I got a master's in marketing and consulting for you know, about a year and a half, not, not very long. Um, but I, I understand it. Um, I knew that when we opened up my restaurant, I didn't have any sort of, of, of reputation. Um, the, the business was just starting out, so we obviously didn't have one either. I knew that you know after crickets for those first couple of months, I knew that for us to be successful, we were going to have to to get, create some relevancy around ourselves and have some sort of of, of, of brand. Uh, so I started building that for myself. Um, and after about six months, it was almost overnight seeing the uh, the, the change that was that we were able to uh, see happen. So you know when I when I talk to people every single day, you know my my thing is well, if if, if I'm an investor um, or if I'm looking to buy a cake from you and, and you're a, a baker you know, selling wedding cakes, why should I pick you? If I have money to invest in you, why should I invest in you? And if you can't really say that in, in a couple words or in one sentence, then you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out you know, what is that thing. Yeah. And so do you help them with video, photography? What do you really help them decide on? Or, what, or is it just the, the mindset? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's actually very tactical. So, um, it's a 10-day chef brand challenge. You go to my website, chrishillonline.com, and uh, you sign up. And over the course of the next 10 days, I'll send you uh, an email every single day. And it, it's really everything from you know, starting your own website, you know, all the kind of ins and outs of that, which can be you know, tricky, uh, to yeah, having uh, photography and uh, using um, different apps and, and things like that to make you know, social media a little bit easier to kind of uh, work and seamless. You know, a lot of times in restaurants and in the chef world, the the social media is kind of an afterthought. Uh, so, you know, being able to kind of stay on top of that and uh, streamline it, and and so yeah, it's um it's been really rewarding to see. I've I've got a lot of great feedback from from folks that have uh, been able to leverage it into you know some cool things around their their their, their markets. Yeah, and it's funny because I see a lot of the chefs that I work with um, that'll be on TV. You know, they'll be talking to the local news or whatever about their restaurant and about their recipe that they have right here. But then when you go to their social, right, it's all about just pictures. They're never like recording themselves talking in the kitchen or anything like that. And so do you think that that's a pretty important piece to actually get behind the camera, too, as opposed to taking pictures? Absolutely. And especially if you have your own website, you know, you can... I mean, I've been on the local, like you're saying, like the local uh, TV station here, probably now a uh, hundred or so times. And it really actually stemmed from, you know, I went on there once or twice and, and paid like a lot of folks do, but then I kind of became their go-to person. A lot of the chefs would kind of freeze up and last minute would say, you know what, I can't do this. So they need to fill a spot. So I, you know, I'd hop in. Um, and so anyone that's done, you know, two or three or maybe five, can throw those together and have you know somewhat of a reel that can show their personality right. and um, it, it goes a long way you know as you're whether it's it's, it's through your, with your restaurant or if you're trying to you know build a community beyond there um, it is it's yeah pictures are great uh, but you know uh, uh, it's kind of the spectrum is really what you need to kind of focus on yeah and so obviously you're not afraid of it I mean you've done some videos but you did a TEDx talk right so you're not afraid of getting in front of people um, how can somebody feel a little bit more comfortable with that you know I think the only way is as Seth Godin my favorite marketer says is you have to just kind of dance with the fear um, it's not, not going to really ever kind of go away um, but yeah I mean me naturally I'm, I'm not a super outgoing you know 
flamboyant type personality. Um, but I knew for me to get the uh, to get the goals that I wanted to create um, for myself for the business, I knew that we would have to kind of do some things that we weren't doing. I'd have to step out of my comfort zone, and you know, I think we all are capable of it. And when you uh, when you go out there, you try it once, try it twice. It, it, my first couple, I mean, more than a couple, my first probably a, a third TV segments were absolutely painful. Um, right. One of the things actually I give with, with the Chef Branding uh, Academy is, you know, when you do your TV segment is, is a couple spreadsheets where you can, you know, uh, check off, you know, all the ingredients, all the, the equipment you need to bring. That way, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I showed up to the studio and I, you know, I had to use salt for sugar or, you know, whatever else it might be. Right. Yeah. And so also on your website, you have the Kitchen Leadership Academy and that seems to be like it's super important. Who was that designed for? You, you know, I, uh, it's been really rewarding to see, um, the, uh, Kitchen Leadership Academy has really been, um, my, um, goal to bring people in the industry together that are passionate about, about, um, about the industry, about bringing their teams along and making the place of uh, the, the industry a better place than it was when we found it. So anyone from, you know, an executive chef to, you know, someone that's maybe, um, uh, just about to be a sous chef maybe, and they're trying to kind of get that next step. Um, it's great. We have you know folks from all over the world that are they're a part of it. We have you know folks that are in hotels and country clubs. You know some folks that are in, in uh, you know chain environments. So it's it's really great to, to have all the different perspectives and, and um, have the community of people that can kind of help support each other. And is it um, open to like all restaurant people, or is it just chefs? Um, it, it's we we have some owners and GMs. Um, okay. It's, um, you know, I think it, it's, I mean, it is more focused on, you know, back of the house, but um, anyone that has their hands at all on the back of the house, it's uh, absolutely, um, I think it, they'll, people will find it to be really, really a great uh, thing to be a part of. Do you guys have some uh, conversations in that community right now on reopening? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the big things is you reopening uh, what, and it's interesting too, because, you know, we have things that are happening here in the U.S., we have you know folks in Australia, um, in Europe, you know over in uh, UK. So you know they're doing different things. Um, we obviously have certain guidelines here, not not only in different states, but um, yeah. So it's challenging. You know, and obviously, like you look at country clubs, they have a, a little bit more of a, a lax environment than than uh, you know a hotel or a restaurant. So it's uh it's it's interesting to see and, and kind of hear the perspectives of, of everybody that kind of comes along. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you probably also talk about this because I kind of talked about it offline. Like, what's it like to open your own restaurant? And maybe if you could come up with three tips for someone who might want to do it, who might be an exec sue and say, you know, I'm going to open up a small kitchen or something. What are some tips for them? So for, first of all, yeah, I mean, being able to open up your own restaurant uh, is one of the more rewarding things. I mean, it's seeing something that goes from an idea to, all right, we're going to start putting it into place to, all right, now we see this starting to come to life. Uh, it's really, it's really amazing to see. And um, anyone that, that feels like they can't not do it, I say you know, go for it. Um, if you if you want to do it uh, to because you feel like it's gonna um, you know, bring you a bunch of money or something like that, I, I would have you kind of step back and really re you re ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? I think you have to just love it. I think you have to want to be a part of it. And when you do good work after a long time. 
you know, things kind of take care of themselves. Uh, and in terms of, of some tips, you know, first of all, you know, right now we look at you know, the whole COVID environment. There's going to be a lot of, of restaurant space that will be open in the next, you know, couple, yeah. I mean, it's already open plus, you know, right. the next couple of months, you know, next year. So, um, I would keep an eye on your local market for what's available. Uh, there's great, going to be some great opportunities for some turnkey uh, restaurant space. Um, in addition to that, you know, I would, if when you get to the point of of uh, you know negotiating with a landlord, uh, make sure that you you uh, work out some sort of uh, percentage of sales versus you know a, a flat uh, rent. Uh, mm-hmm. That way, you know, as who knows how things are going to go over the next six months, year, a couple years. If you have a, uh, a percentage of sales, that way, uh, if you're not super busy because of, of you know, the, the, the circumstances, you're going to be able to at least um, not have to, to you know, shell out a bunch of money that you, that you don't really have. Gotcha. Um, and, and then one more thing I, I would say is, is um, if you if you are going to, whether you're a chef or you have a, a great concept, um, what is the thing that you that you are about that you stand for? Uh, and at the end of the day. You know, the customers, uh, the people that you're looking at uh, to hire, they need to know very clearly who you are. You're going to be able to, you know, attract the right people to work for you, but also attract the right people to come in and enjoy the food. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the financial side of things, especially when it came to leases or you know the operating costs, right? And that always seems to be the challenge for folks who want to start their own place. They got this grandiose idea that it's going to happen and they're going to be a famous chef and they jump in and then they just don't know how to run the business. Um, How about partnering with somebody like a mentor or somebody to help them with that? Absolutely. I mean, when I opened up my restaurant, yeah, I'm very creative, uh, very kind of out of the box. Like I love, like we talked about before, not having every single day be the same. Mm-hmm. My business partner was very uh, meticulous, very by the books, loved to sell spreadsheets. Having someone, whether it's a mentor or somebody that at least has a different skill set than you, I think is, is massively important. Um, in terms of looking for money, a lot of folks you know, think, oh, I'll just go to the bank. Well, you know, banks aren't, as you, you know, John, banks aren't giving money for, for restaurants. Right. For, right. for restaurants. Um, yeah, I, I would start with maybe your close you know, family circle if there's maybe you know a, an uncle that has a little bit that uh that you get to see a couple times a year or you know if, if not that um you maybe start as you know as a, a catering company where, you know maybe you cater some high-end dinner parties you know um on the weekends and you kind of are able to you know, build your rolodex and, and if you don't have the money yourself if you don't have somebody in the family you know have a a, a one year, two year kind of plan for attracting the right people uh, to your business concept. Yeah. And I think I just had a great conversation with the gentleman called Chris Muzon and he basically was, you know, it's hard to talk about the money, right? It's hard to talk about money for a lot of different people. But if you start off talking about that money, like you just mentioned and saving that. So if you did a catering gig, save that money to go towards the future, right? Not spend it on I don't know something else, right? Save the money so you can build your own business. Yeah, and uh, and then if if you really you know, crush that catering gig, have an amazing menu, the people are really impressed. Well, maybe those are your future investors. Mm-hmm. So if and you so, do it right, yeah. And so there's a challenge, of course, in the industry right now about over, like turnover rate, right? And you had one big question: is how I can get my staff to care more. So how does that happen for people? I mean, obviously, you're talking close to 
hotels and restaurants anyway, 70% turnover rate before COVID. Um, how do you get the hourly employee to care a little bit more? Yeah, that, that's one of the challenges that, that I think we'll probably always kind of see. So you know, folks like you and me will always have a job. Um, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you, you got to think, well, why do people show up to work? Uh, yes, for a paycheck. But, you know, beyond that, um, because they want to be a part of something, uh, because they're able to grow and, and learn and get better. And, and you, hopefully you can kind of see where, where they want to go, maybe have that conversation when you hire them and help them and their journey. So you know, having their best interest in mind. You know, I think a lot, a lot of us, we go work work somewhere, we just feel like well, we're just another employee versus, you know, if you're able to, as the owner or the manager, the chef, you know, give more opportunities, maybe opportunities at competitors that would, you know, be a, a step up for them, they're, they're gonna appreciate that. The rest of the staff can see, wow, like, you know, Chef Chris really has my, my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, that's kind of a first step. In addition to that is, you know, thinking, well, what are the ways that I can quote unquote pay somebody that aren't with just, with, with just dollar bills. So right. you know, with, with new skills, maybe I can get them, you know, a stage, maybe I think with this whole COVID thing, what we will see in the industry, a lot more um, compensation in terms of, of, of insurance plans mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, and I know a few chefs like that I know in the Cleveland market, they like Tuesday nights, they give the special to their sous chef, right? And so like, hey, you get to choose what the specials are. Like, and I think that kind of gets a buy-in to people. Um, or even it might be their meal. It might be their dinner. Like they might have designed it. And, you know, they. I think that's a key way to do it too. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and so doing things like that, you know, maybe having a round table where you meet every Tuesday or Wednesday and say, all right, everyone come with some specials. We'll use someone's this weekend. Um, maybe you go out to local farms and g- give some kind of education. Um, yeah, I remember when when we opened up my restaurant, uh, we we changed our menu every you know three, four, six months, something like that. And, and my business partners would always want to sit down, and I'd say, "Well, let's bring the the kitchen guys in here." And they never really understood you know the importance of of having that buy in, of having that, mm-hmm. that kind of empowerment. Gotcha. And so you've written a couple books, right? Or you're in the process of writing another one. So what made you decide to go ahead and write a book? I mean, it's not a simple thing to do. You know, it's not. And um, you know, one of the tricky things for me is, is you know wanting to you know put new blog posts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to have the next blog post be better than the one before. But right. when you're writing a book, you kind of want to leave your best stuff for the book. So it's uh, it's it's kind of tricky. But you know, for for me, it was um, you know part partly of, of trying to find a way to kind of make this whole um, thing work you know, mm-hmm. as a business for me, um, you know, different streams of income. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, I, I think you know, I, I love, you know, I've had a podcast before and, and even like, you know, TEDx talks and things like that, but having a, a book, you know, it's something where, you know, someone can, can you know, buy or, you know, download and they're able to, you know, have a snapshot of, of kind of, of what, you've uh, experienced and what you're kind of dealing with and going through and and you're able to give them hopefully your kind of best wisdom to that point in your life yeah and i think that people feel like they might not have anything to say right but i think everybody has a story to tell and so whether it's from an employee standpoint or a leader standpoint how did you come up with the topics that you put in your book well yeah I, i've been fortunate you know been able to uh build a a, a social media following yeah you know, 
I was able to kind of track, you know, what were the questions people were asking me. Yeah, yeah, I'll do a, a Facebook Live or, or something along those lines, and yeah, you know, I'll get six or eight or ten questions that are that are repeats. I feel like you know the ones that people are always kind of struggling with. So you know, I'll kind of highlight those and, and say, well, this is, this is a this is a blog post, or you know, this is you know something we're touching on later on, or this is you know maybe it's it's a, a theme to a book. Gotcha. And so, how does uh, I guess sharing that and investing in oneself pay off for them? Like, especially in the chef world, right? If they invest in themselves to really share that stuff, do you think long-term it's going to pan out for most of them? You know, I um, I don't want to sound overly optimistic, but but yeah, you know, I think, you know, the way I look at it kind of like, you know, you have a, a, a savings account and you put a little bit of money in and, you know, with, with, banks and, and a savings account you have you know compound interest where you know it starts to build and and what you put in now not only do you have it now but you also have it you know the next 20 30 you know 50 years so you know i have a pretty decent sized following now like unless i really screw it up you know i'll have the same following if not ideally right. larger right um, and in the, in the future you know for the next you know you know 30 or 40 years of my uh my life and career so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think i think you know, the earlier you do start, uh, the the bigger it can get. You know, the, the snowball you know starts somewhere, and the higher up the mountain it starts, you know, the bigger it's going to get. Yeah, and so you know, last thing I'm going to just want to touch base on you really yeah, in your TEDx talk in Tuscaloosa, you spoke about the what makes someone's heart sing, you know, and how people should figure out that, or maybe it's kind of like their why from other people. But why is that important for them? Yeah, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, we all, you know, as far as we know, you know, get one life on this earth, and and um, you might as well find something that you that you enjoy doing. Uh, you know, we we spend more time at work uh, more than we do with our you know our, most of our families. Uh, so, and especially when you think of of the of the hospitality industry, you, you, it's very rewarding in terms of of the gratification you get and seeing your customers happy, seeing your staff. You know, um, you're working their way up the ranks, but um, if you don't love it, then then you're just kind of going through the motions. And so, there's also a time for a lot of people to have a, you know a little bit of a gut check and say, well, all right, it's this whole COVID thing. Maybe you got laid off. Like, do you want to stay in this industry or do you want to go kind of somewhere else? But really thinking about you know what makes me happy, what what lights me up, what will I be excited about? I mean, for me, going to the restaurant. It didn't even feel like work. I mean, it was definitely stressful, and, and right. it was not an easy day. I can probably remember, but um, it was rewarding. And, and you know, for me, I look at, at the um, the idea of like your goals or in, in the future. You have a, a big mountain, and you know, what what are the things that are gonna get you closer to uh, the goals? You know, one step closer, um, or you know, one step further back. Yeah, and I think that's the mindset that people need. They need to kind of decide if they're going to do it or not. And if they see something that might need changed, why can't they be the one that changes it? Right. Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, whether it's on a big scale or on a small scale at work, like if you think, see things you're not happy about, like do instead of going home and complaining to your spouse, or your friends over a drink after work, figure out a way to you know, change it and um, find a way to, to make the best of, of the situation you have. I mean, most of us have all been through situations where we're, we're not, feeling like we're at the at the best place where we're we don't have the best job or we're not completely content and satisfied with where we are but 
All right. Well, what can I do to, to you know, get the next job to, to move you know a little bit closer to those goals in the future? Yeah, cool. Well, Chris, hey, I appreciate the time today. And, you know, we'll definitely keep in touch as we move forward with this. I'll definitely share everything that you have. And you're 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 writing two books. What's the first book called? Well, um, so I, I'm just writing one currently. But yeah, it's uh, a Lead Like a Chef. Um, okay, lead Like a Chef. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wrote. I wrote one kind of, I, I'd say like a feature book called Making the Cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a chance to interview a bunch of, you know, celebrity chefs, uh, you know, folks a lot of us uh, know. Um, and I also wrote another book that, uh, you know, I've kind of flown under the radar. You know, I'm not really sure why. I should probably talk more about it. Um, <laughs> but um, it's called Crush Your Career. And it's really about the, the branding and, and, you know, what you need to do. I, I look at how... You know, the, the chef world 30 years ago, you, you got a job as a chef and you kind of just worked your way up the ranks. Right. And now things, you know, with, with the social media, with Food Network, it's kind of, you know, turn everything on its head and things are, are definitely uh, unique. So, um, you know, building a brand for yourself, that's really kind of what it's about. Awesome. I'll look them both up. I'll make sure that everybody has them, man. Have a great day. Absolutely. You too, John. Thanks, buddy.